Ready to start, peeps? Yeah. You I'm, sipping I'm your tea? <laughs> tea? Tea tastes good. Yeah. Have you have you listened to a Tea with Tammy podcast yeah, yeah. episode? Right? Yeah. What'd you think? It was good. Like, I, I, especially <laughs> I like the one, the, a, the AJAQ one. Oh, I yeah, because like those niggas are silly. That's yeah, why. Yeah. <laughs> That's the only reason why, because they're goofy. Yeah. Every, <laughs> anytime AJ says something, it's just funny. Right? Just like, he doesn't even have to try. So, the do-rag king, shout yeah. out to him. Yes. <laughs> Season three of the Tea with Tammy podcast show. This show is a hip hop podcast that covers black culture, news, and of course, tea. Um, season three is titled Make It or Break It. Season three will be filled with more content, more tea, and of course, more guests because that's what y'all have been requesting. And this time around, it's go hard or go home. And so speaking of guests, I wanted to deliver today with a special guest for season three, episode one, which is the premiere. And joining me today is Young Quantum. So please educate our listeners on who you are and what you do. Um, I'm a living legend. Uh, <laughs> of course. <laughs> uh, nah. Um... <laughs> What could I say that I do? It's like, I do so much. Uh, I'm a journalist. I write for Pop Cherry. Shout out to them. Um, journalist, okay. Do a couple events, you know. Ooh, uh, okay. Do some photography, get in that bag, you know. <laughs> okay, pose for them, okay. I'm really, I'm really just out here. If anybody ever wants to do something, I'm always up for it, so. I love that. I love that phrase, I'm out here. Because <laughs> it's like, where exactly are you, though? <laughs> but who knows... <laughs> You don't know why I'm at. You just know you just know that I'm out here. I'm out here. <laughs> That's all that matters. Is exactly. that I'm out here. And then also in the building we have legend and friend of the show AQ. So if you uh, want to chime in at any time, go ahead. You can... What's up? What's up? I'm in here. <laughs> we out here. My OG is in the building. Of course. Okay, OG. I love that generational. <laughs> Got the hey, the OG. And then the G. And so, all right. So along with more guests, I did say that I want to have more tea. And so I did deliver on tea again. And so today we have the strawberry green tea. I went ahead and seeped it for the boys, the fellas. So how does it taste? Be honest. I'm rocking with it. Yeah, it's smooth. It's smooth. I like this. I'm I'm fucking with it. I love that smooth. It's smooth. Easy to throw back. Okay. I'm a a young sex symbol in training, so I still got to get my shit right. Okay, nice, nice. And so this drink will help you along your journey of being that sex symbol because it's so smooth. But it's one of my favorite teas. I love anything strawberry, basically. Mm. And so it just has a nice sweet taste to it already. And then I put a little honey in it. And so I didn't poison y'all. No Bill Cosby, so you don't have to worry. Because <laughs> <laughs> the last podcast I did with some fellas, they thought I might have slipped something in their drink. And uh, <laughs> I beg your pardon. But no, they were just kidding. But I would never do that. Of course not. Of course not. Oh, oh, I'm, but if I'm Drake fine. was here, maybe. Ooh. <laughs> maybe Ooh. look alive. Shout out to Oh, Exactly, living legend. And so, if he was here, I would definitely be spiking or you know pouring something in that drink. But anyways, if Zendaya was here, (laughs) oh okay, you hear that, Zendaya? 
she knows she grown now. Me. She off the Disney Channel. Exactly. She, <laughs> exactly. she knows where to find me. She knows <laughs> we she out has here. my location. <laughs> she, she has my location. Okay. We've talked. We've been in contact. Oh, I'm jealous. Oh, my gosh. Nice. Wedding, so. <laughs> is, wedding is this year. We'll be out here. So, in addition to the tea that y'all are already sipping, I want to also talk about... It's not really scandalous tea, but it's kind of some serious tea. What's going on with, with Rick Ross? Um... Saw him trending on Twitter, and people were throwing around the words life support. And so I was like, oh my gosh, you went from, you know, seeming great just days ago. I saw a little Instagram clip of him and a child, of his child. And then this. And so do y'all have any, like, information on that? I mean, I know his, like, he's always had some, like, health issues and stuff. Mm -hmm. But it's crazy to see that's, that's where it ended up. But I hear he's gotten out, and I hear he's doing much better. So shout out to him, man. Yes, the Even balls. though he'll never top Devil in a New Dress, but that's for another conversation. <laughs> oh, man. Shout out to Rose. I saw, um, since he's been in the hospital, his child support hearing got pushed back. People are saying that he's it's smart. You know, we make smart chess moves out here. I hate that you had to bring that up because I did see that. I saw someone tweet that and I was like, oh my gosh, how dare y'all make this about that? But hey, you you never know. Niggas are slick these days. And so if you got to fake a little heart attack to get out of a little court hearing, he's probably do looking, what you got to do. He's probably looking like that Patrick Star meme when you fake, oh a, my when God. You fake the hospital to get your child support pushed back. <laughs> Those Patrick Star memes are crazy. Oh my gosh. I laugh at every single one because low key, I'm a savage. Yeah, and exactly. so. <laughs> Patrick is a savage too, so he's team savage with me. And so moving on, I want to talk about some poll results. I took a poll on Twitter, I think it was about a week ago, and I said, which BET show do you like the most? And it was between 106 and Park, Uncut, College Hill, and Rap City. And the winner of that poll was just barely 36% because the runner-up was 32%. The winner was 106 and Park. And me, I totally agree. Freestyle Friday raised me. AJ and Free raised me. And so that's always going to be like all-time favorite. I don't know how you feel, Young Quantum. How do you feel? See. Runner-up, by the way, I'm sorry not to cut you off. Runner-up was Rap City. And so, okay. (laughs) I would have said Rap City because you have to look at it too. Like, what generation of 106 are you talking about? Because I definitely don't want to see Little Bow Wow on my TV screen anymore. (laughs) I, I don't want to deal with Roxy's annoying voice. Oh, she was stutter off. Whole first season, she stuttered. It was terrible. <laughs> it's terrible. I would have I would have voted Rap City because like, where else are you gonna get Cam freestyling while counting money in the booth? You know, where are you gonna get moments like that? Like, it was super influential for the game for a long time. So it's like I want to bring that back to the culture, but. I can still remember like certain people coming up to 106, like when Common was up there freestyling and Terrence Street was just throwing words at him, and like Freestyle Fridays with that dude Blind Fury, you know, shit yeah, like that. Exactly. So that it did get cool, better like, in yeah. that era of 106 in Park. I feel like there was key highlight moments of every era of 106 in Park. Even that weird transition period when Tigger was a host with um, Jalissa. Mm -hmm. It was like they were the host for like two years or a one year. I don't know how long that was. But even during their era, it was good. And so Freestyle Friday is always going to have like a special heart, like place in my heart. And that's always going to be the winner. But I'm surprised at how like people are sleeping on College Hill. College Hill had some like 
crazy moments. And that was like one of the first, I would say, like reality shows where they were just out here fighting. Wasn't that, wasn't that the Black Real World? They yes, exactly. I didn't watch that shit. No. <laughs> um, no. My mom did. What about Uncut? Um, I know y'all watch Uncut or trying to uh, or heard about it. Okay. Don't lie. That's, that's where I saw tip drill. <laughs> exactly. I, I'm, I'm not at liberty to say the things uh-huh. that I've seen on Uncut. You mm-hmm. know, staying up late. You know what? They should have brought back Hell Date. That that was my shit. Uh, I don't know. It was I hit or miss like, for me. I just like seeing a little the, the midget run out and just mess with people. That, <laughs> that was, was the my part I didn't part. like. <laughs> <laughs> that was the part I did not like. And then the one episode where they had to the girl had to pretend like every touch orgasm so it was oh an my orgasm gosh. so she's like oh my it was gosh. it was amazing what a horrible show amazing <laughs> I just like funny shit so that's true it was really goofy. Okay, and so just moving on into some mini topics that I have to touch on. Um, just recently, I think in the last two days, there was a new drop stand-up uh, comedy, Marlon Wayans. It's called Wokish on Netflix. I did watch it. I don't know if you all did, but it's actually funny. And please don't crucify me because it's an unpopular opinion. But Wokish is way better than Tambourine by Chris Rock. And I'm not even a fan of Marlon Wayans like that to be like hee hee ha ha, like really hard for him. <laughs> like, ha ha is funny. <laughs> like he's just, sometimes he just goes overboard with his comedy. And like there were some jokes that weren't funny, but ultimately I laughed a lot harder watching Wokish than Tambourine. I don't know if you've seen Tambourine or Wokish, but what is, what is your take on that? I saw Tambourine. I, I wasn't really feeling it, honestly. Like, Chris Rock's known to do way better than that. Mm-hmm. But it's just when you get to a certain point, I feel like, and no, nobody crucify me for this, oh, Lord. but when black comedians get too big to where it's mainly white people in the audiences, certain jokes won't go like they should. Mm, yeah. You can't, okay. You, that makes sense. You can't, take you can't say certain things that you would or it won't get taken the way you're trying to say it you know so okay. i think that's what kind of happened with tambourine is like chris rock's a legend mm-hmm. but not that many people can afford to see a legend like that and you know what that's a good take on that because i didn't even think about that aspect that okay i'm i'm watching tambourine and i'm like it's not funny and a lot of what i laugh at is because of reaction of other laughs and so if it's not landing with his audience i wasn't thinking that duh of course there's probably a lot of white people in the Mm -hmm. audience and he's Mm -hmm. making these jokes about Mm -hmm. police brutality and like being a black man in america and of Mm -hmm. course they may not relate to that but i mean still the the jokes itself because i watched it multiple times because i was like okay i don't remember laughing as hard let me let me try it one more time and I watched it again and it still wasn't still wasn't the Chris that I like I mean but Chris is at the point where it's like you can't take much from him mm-hmm. um, like certain people know like popular or not like Kevin Hart like I've seen basically all Kevin Hart specials but once you get to that point you know where you've seen all of them you're like mm-hmm. damn he says the same joke the same <laughs> way every fucking time yeah damn. Very predictable. Mm. Yeah, that's a good point as well. But Tambourine wasn't worth the $20 million that he got paid for. And, of course, that's just an easy transition into talking about Monique Mm. and, you know, her strifes and struggles (laughs) about her offer that she... Um, was given from Netflix, which was $500,000 in comparison to Legends of Chris Rock and Dave Chappelle of $20 million. And so what is what is your take on that? She she kind of needs to hold this L because it's like, 
hold this L. Yeah, she needs to. <laughs> what L? What is the L? Trying to make it about her being a black woman, and that's why she didn't get. Mm-hmm. That's why she didn't get what she deserves, you know, in a okay. sense. Because like, you can't play the race card because Dave Chappelle got a lot of money. You can't mm-hmm. play the woman card because Amy Schumer got a lot of money, and Amy Schumer's not even fucking funny. Exactly. So it's like, and when she is, it's probably off of a joke she stole. The last. It's <laughs> like, another conversation. Like. And the Monique's like, I got an Oscar, but it's like, that was for a serious role where you tried to throw your pregnant daughter down the stairs versus a oh, comedy special. <laughs> I don't know why I I'm laughing. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, have, I haven't seen a, a Monique special since, like, Blockbuster was open. So why would she get, Ooh, why would she get a lot of money? You kind of, you talking your shit, huh? Uh, <laughs> okay. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> he said, this is what I'm here for. I had to get this off my chest. God, yeah. Monique, do something new? Um, <laughs> Who hurt you? <laughs> my grandma used to win Queens of Comedies. And I, oh, Lord. That's, that's where I saw Monique at. I don't know where she got this. I had that on VHS as well as Blade. Oh, <laughs> as we ooh. mentioned earlier. I had a bunch of random or like, VHSs. The last time Monique was funny was the Parkers. So I don't mm. know why she thinks she needs I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to deep dive and say that. Because Monique, I'm not going to front. Monique has made me laugh. And she has made me laugh after the Parkers. So I'm not going to like necessarily agree with that. Um, I saw her. She was in that Roscoe Jenkins movie. She was oh, no, hilarious. Oh, yeah, that with, was funny. That was funny. That, and then Almost Christmas, she was funny in that. Yeah, which yeah. was very recent. And yeah. so I'm not going to like go that far to say that but i will say along with chance the rapper i actually am with monique i stand with monique but (laughs) there's a but (laughs) it's how she's phrasing the argument like that you're saying she's playing the race card and of course she's saying that there's gender and and racial bias and that may be true for the black woman of course we we are always underappreciated undervalued underpaid all of that but if she focused on the black ball of herself eight years ago people would understand why she's getting these low offers she can't just come out of the gate and just be shouting racial and gender bias when they just gave a woman and black man you know large offers it's not going to add up it's not going to make sense but if you paint the larger picture which people are slowly doing and people are starting to come around to understand monique now after the fact that it's kind of cooled off and she's put charlemagne in his place (laughs) people are like exactly but brother lenard (laughs) from monksford north carolina wherever he's from (laughs) but now that we paint the big picture of why people are treating her this way and why she may be getting these low offers it makes more sense and it seems even more unfair and so I think it's just really in how she's phrasing her argument but I actually do stand with Monique because I understand when she says okay like if Netflix said I'm a legend why don't I get what legends get because I just saw a stand-up just in the recent year of Jerry Seinfeld and I bet you he got a bigger offer than $500,000 but he hasn't really done anything to say that he's going to pull all these seats or all these like viewers for Netflix. But Jerry they... Seinfeld has the status though. That's the thing. Exactly. He has the status. And but for a black woman, she has to work twice as hard as the white man to have this status because when you compare the resumes she she she's up there. She, when you say what she's done in the industry, she's been in a lot of movies. She's been in a lot of shows. Her own show. She had her own talk show, sitcom. She's done multiple specials, and so people just forget the black woman. 
in media, unfortunately. And that's what Viola Davis was even saying by, you know, I've done all these roles that people love to forget. I keep forgetting she was in freaking Anton Fisher and I was like seven when that came out and so it's like Viola Davis has been doing things for a long time and it's like she's still getting these you know like you know she has to be paired with J-Lo to be the lead in the movie and it's just like you know what I mean it's like she's not the star and so I stand with Monique but I get what you're saying too yeah AQ do you have anything to add with that no, yeah, okay. And so, Monique, I stand with you, but baby girl, you gotta, you gotta say it better. You can't yeah. just be out the gate talking about my love, stand with me, and everything I say. No, I, I just can't be also, canceling my Netflix for you that quick. Also, <laughs> going back to that Breakfast Club interview, please stop calling your husband daddy. That was <laughs> okay. No, wait, I'm gonna nope. You can call him daddy, just not on the radio. Like, not what are you radio, doing not in public? Talk about yes, daddy. Okay, daddy. Go ahead, daddy. I'm like, ew. I was uncomfortable. Like, <laughs> I was uncomfortable. I felt, I felt attacked. I felt, <laughs> I felt attacked. I felt harassed. Like, that's not what I turned my laptop on for. Oh, that's hilarious. But yeah, I agree. She shouldn't have been calling her husband daddy on the radio. But to slide into another mini topic, Black Panther. Okay. Obviously, this is a big deal. This is a big topic. Birdman and I just. <laughs> Birdman hand rub, because we're ready to talk about this movie. I just saw the movie today, so it's fresh on my mind. And there's a lot of. There's a lot of takes I can I can go with this movie, but I just want you to start first because you're very passionate about this. Don't don't go too crazy. This is a mini topic, but I'm gonna give you about like a minute or two oh, to talk man. about Black Panther and then uh, throw it back to me to reel you in. Okay. <laughs> Dis- disclaimer: the first the first comic book I ever I'm a huge ass nerd by the way, but mm-hmm. the first comic book I ever owned was a Black Panther graphic novel. Uh, my aunt worked at a library, and she could get, like, the used books for, like, a quarter, and she bought that for me, and I read that religiously. I still, it's in my room, like, right now. I still have it, and, like, just the character and seeing a powerful black man on the screen is, like, important for children to see, mm-hmm. and it's like, y'all want to say, oh, let's, you got Blade, but it's like, I'm not <laughs> taking, like, a four-year-old to see that Wesley Snaps is too dark. I can't. I can't do it. But what? In, in Black Panther, it's like you get to see an African king kicking ass and like. Oh, you meant dark as in the content, not his skin color. Yes. Okay, I was like, oh my god. Uh, also, his skin color. He's very dark. Okay, continue. He had that jacket on. I was like, is he wearing clothes? What's going on here? Um, but. Um, it's just it's just cool to see. It's just cool to see, and it's like if n- people who may not know like see Marvel movies, mm-hmm. like this is one of the first Marvel movies where it's like very character centric. It's mm-hmm. like there's no outside influence from anything else going on in the Marvel movies, Marvel universe. This is all about Black Panther. It's all about black people. It's all about like how amazing black people are and it's just magical for children to see and it meant a lot to me i wore a daishiki yes Um, okay you're one of those at the theater i I love it i had my war paint on i was ready to go it it was was okay all right i bought my tickets like three months before it came out oh my gosh yep 
Yeah, no, I was definitely not doing all that because I was scared of the line and the traffic and the swag surfing and the pre-cookout and, <laughs> and all that stuff I at the theater. I went, I, I saw it at the spot and I was like, <laughs> I'm upset. This menu, there's no Popeyes on the menu. Oh my Lord. I came in, I was like, can I get a two piece in the biscuit? We said, we don't have that. What? I was like, they said, sir, we only have pretzels and hot dogs here. You I, know the drill. I need to speak to your manager because I want some collard greens. Like, this is, I'm here for this movie. I need collard greens. You know what I'm here for. I need smothered pork chops. Oh, with my this, gosh. That would have been film. crazy in the theater. Yes. Real messy. Now, with Black Panther, like I was saying before, there's so many takes that I can go with this. But I will say that my favorite aspect of the movie was Michael B. Jordan. And not because I'm thirsty, because he is fine. But because... He really highlighted the the plight of the struggle of the black person, the black man. And it's just like that internal battle of just like wanting to do for your people, being oppressed and not having the resources or tools to fight back against the, you know, quote unquote man and him wanting to do that the whole movie for his people. And I actually loved his, you know, his last quote at the end of the movie where he was like, bury me with my ancestors who jumped ship because they knew that death was better than bondage. And I was like, oh my gosh, that really like hit me in the heart because that's some real shit that really means a lot to, to people who, you know, know that their their grandparents or their great grandparents or, you know, people who are still relevant to them in their lives who were slaves and you know going through that and having to jump ship and thinking about that would you be the person to jump ship or or be that slave and so it kind of put things in perspective on a larger scale for it being a marvel movie and knowing that a lot of white people are going to be in the theaters as well and so i i love that because white people need to see that and i also now you can say this is a reach or I'm crazy, but there's a scene in the movie. It's the guy from Get Out. I don't know his real name, mm-hmm. or I don't know how to pronounce his real name. I should yeah. say, but he was from that blue tribe, mm-hmm. and um, you know he was going up against his his love, my love, um, who was from the red tribe. I would say I don't know her name either, but she was bald, and yeah. uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> It's too funny. And um and so he kneels to her while they're in battle because he was like, Will you really kill me for for Black Panther? And she's like, For Wakanda, you know, in a heartbeat <laughs> and he kneels. And that whole scene I feel like is what Spike Lee was going for in Chirac. I don't know if y'all saw Chirac, but Chirac, I thought, was a very horrible movie and a very insensitive movie. But I kind of understand what Spike Lee was trying to do when he was saying how the man could kind of, you know, kneel to the black woman because, you know... We, we kind of know what what to do at the end of the day. And, you know, as for the, the gun violence to try to stop things. And through all that violence, he was kneeling to his black woman. And I was like, this was like beautifully painted in one minute. And Spike Lee dropped the ball in a whole damn movie. And <laughs> <laughs> I just immediately thought that that might be a stretch. But that that's how my mind was thinking in the theater. <laughs> see, I didn't see Shadrach off principle because I don't want to watch Nick Cannon act. You know, good good choice. <laughs> it was you know, it was not good at all. <laughs> he's barely good on Wild Now, and that's barely, his own show. So barely, it's like, and that's his show. Yes. Um, oh, 
That was a horrible movie. And I, I want to give all the actors involved in the movie the benefit of the doubt that they didn't know that it was going to piece together like that because it does seem very choppy. Mm. Like, scene by scene, like, individually, it just seems like it's coming from all different types of movies. Like, one scene is just like, is this a different movie? And then the next scene is just like, is this a comedy? Like, what is this? And so I think the actors in the movie didn't kind of know how it was going to pan out either as they were filming this because I can't think that Jennifer Hudson knew that her scene with her di- like her crying over her dying son was going to be mixed in with like <laughs> all these other like insensitive scenes of like death in Chicago so that was like my train of thought but overall Black Panther was definitely an important movie a very telling movie and I can't wait for a part two because I know there has to be one yeah. with the with the success that it's doing yeah, I, I can tell you some things about what possibly could happen in part two just based no on spoilers be quiet bring my man Killmonger back man I know I didn't want him to die I was hoping that they, he, they were going to heal him at the end of the movie but nah, fun fact he actually like in the book at least he he becomes like T'Challa's bodyguard for a little bit. Oh, really? So yep. he does live a bit longer in the comics. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's that's kind of good to know. And then kind of just a, a last mini topic to go over is South by Southwest is coming up. It's uh, very important for a lot of artists in the in the area of Central Texas and a lot of, you know, concert goers and festival goers as well. And I kind of just wanted to give some tips or, you know, suggestions of a South by Southwest survival guide. And y'all can kind of add in some tips for, for people who are going out there as performers or, you know, just goers. And an important thing I would say from my experience of going to South by, stay hydrated. Like, carry, carry something to drink. Please, women, <laughs> women too. Stay, stay hydrated. Everybody stay in every way. In every way. Mostly women because we respect women out here, but everybody needs to drink water. Exactly. And so don't be thirsting after your favorite art, artist. And don't be passing out from the heat. Yeah. And so have a bottle of water and don't be standing for all these crazy stars. Because you might bump into them walking on the street. Like I've had the pleasure of bumping into like Chance the Rapper. Just like he was walking next to me and I took a picture with him and it was just like like where are you heading he's like oh back to the hotel but this was like his overall days he was before he was like as big as he is now but um yeah stay hydrated another thing I would say is have a plan and use your resources there's lots of apps of schedules and content schedules of like things that are going on as for sessions interactive sessions movies films and shows of course and so have a plan because one, you're not going to be able to do everything, unfortunately. But if you plan ahead of time, you might be able to do a large percent of what you want to do. And so I would say do that. And then one thing or one last thing I would say is be aware. There, Even though you're in a happy space and you're having a good time, there's still crazy people out there. So be aware of your surroundings. Make smart cho- choices. Um, I know a few years back there was a crazy driver who like plowed through South by and like injured and killed a lot of people. So, you know, just be smart, you know, make good choices. What do y'all think? What's some things to say Um, or add? Park, know where you're staying. Um, I'm lucky enough. My lady stays out in Austin. So, okay. (laughs) You got the hookup. Yeah, I'm chilling, but she got a couch. (laughs) (laughs) um, I'm going to be in town. uh, (laughs) But for real though, like. Also, man, yeah, 
parking is important because you park on that, that east side, that east Austin yeah. right there, mm. man. Mm. That, hit that yeah, Uber. Just hit yeah, that Uber. Car, <laughs> car might not be there. Luckily, <laughs> the last time I did South by, I was in a hoopty, so I didn't really care about mm. my car to just leave it parked far. And so I just parked far and then, you know, I had to have on my walking shoes and have comfortable shoes because, you know, you might be traveling. You might be all over the place and having to stand in long lines and wait long times and so that's another tip too but anything else you want to add and what i found out like last year too is like if you have a credit card with like the billing the uh billing address is like in the austin area code one of the austin area codes like san Marcos included mm-hmm. a wristband is only like 200 dollars. oh wow yeah so, so they have what so have, it's like if, a local discount yeah, if, you, if you okay like if you if you have if you live in the austin area but basically if you're whatever card you pay with the billing address is in the San Marcos area or the Austin area. Would it help? Um, the one of the different area codes. The pat the wristbands are like two hundred dollars, less than that, like one seventy something. Oh shit. <laughs> Interesting, and yes. so that's a nice little tip as well. And so, might want to change your billing information real quick before you purchase that wristband. <laughs> get that zip code right and get that discount. But um, yeah, that wraps up the many topics, and we can talk about some more stuff later. But I also want to talk about some new music that just dropped because lots have dropped. And I have some unpopular opinions as well, but I'll mention that a little later on the show during a certain segment. But let's talk about Tory Lanez. Tory Lanez dropped an album. I listened to it throughout the album. I was really feeling it, really enjoying it. It was hitting the exact music spot that I like because I'm a big fan of Drake. And so Tory Lanez does a lot of Drake-ish stuff. And But, you know, halfway through the album, I was like, wait a minute. I'm only liking it because I like Drake. <laughs> and so I was just like, hmm. But then he gets to his last song on his album and he talks about, you know, I know y'all are always comparing me to Drake. Y'all keep saying I am Drake and blah, blah, blah. And so, like, he's he, he knows that. We know he, we have this critique of him, but it just makes me feel a type of way that every time I listen to him, I think of someone else. And I don't think that should ever be the experience listening to someone's music. Yeah, like... Personally, I thought his first album was super trash. Super trash? <laughs> I couldn't even get through it. Super trash. All the damn skits. I was like, I'm listening to an audiobook at wow. this point. I never heard super trash. I've heard I, trash many times, but super trash? Wow. I've, I never feel like he's fully fleshed out, you know, sonically. Mm. I never feel like okay. he's fully fleshed out. I feel like he's kept the same tone. But at the same time, the project I do like from him is his Argentina mixtape that I thought was super, super mm. well done. Had okay. a bunch of remixes. Had, like, perfect production on a lot of stuff. And it's like, I love that sound from him, but it's yeah. like, he didn't hit that with this new project. And he hasn't hit it for a minute. Yeah. And, like, certain stuff he would talk about, I don't I don't care that you fought with Travis Scott. I don't care. Mm-hmm. I didn't need yeah, to Yeah, exactly. That was very irrelevant. And I was just Only like, thing okay. I found interesting, oh, at Mala Luna. And I was like, were they at Mala Luna? No, they were at Mala Luna. But other than that, <laughs> I didn't care. But yeah, like as I like each song reminds me of another song, mm-hmm. and it's like I shouldn't have to feel like is, is this a reference? Like is, is this did he steal this? Like you know I don't want to have those thoughts, and they may not even be valid thoughts or even true. But as but as long as I'm still having those thoughts, something is wrong. That's how I feel about Tory Lanez, and it's just like I'm never fully, I'm not there yet where I'm a full fan. I, he makes enjoyable music, but only because it sounds like my favorite artist, which is Drake. The one thing I will. <laughs> say in favor of Tory Lanez and this is about like rap in general right mm-hmm. now 
Can y'all stop saying, oh, they stole my sound with every major release? <laughs> stop making y'all two-minute Facebook videos talking about, mm. hey, bro, he heard my mixtape and stole my shit. Right. No, he didn't. Exactly. No, like... he did not. <laughs> no, Please. he did not. <laughs> hey, you never know. Like that dude. You never know. Stop it. Uh, <laughs> You're like, no. <laughs> there was that one dude when God's Plan first came out. He's like, bro, Drake stole my shit. But his music was like... Sounded like a Drake song, so you're basically saying he stole himself, <laughs> right? Exactly, and like you actually stole Drake's sound, and then Drake made a song probably with the similar content that you've made, and now you're saying that Drake bit you when exactly. it's like who bit who first, and so yeah, I definitely get that. But also, who dropped, which is um, a throwback um, person who I, I used to love back in the day, is Sammy, R&B artist. He dropped an album, and it's actually really good. It's about five or six tracks, and surprisingly, like, all the way through, I enjoyed it. He's very slept on, mostly because he's one of those artists as well, where it's like, his identity is too similar to other artists' identities. He's like, he came back on the scene, and he just seemed very Omarion-ish, and it was just like have your own lane like you know he had the same similar hairstyle as Omarion he had the same kind of Cali swag as Omarion when uh, Post to Be dropped and I was just like Sammy have your own identity and he's kind of like working his way into that I don't know if you're familiar with Sammy but I listened to that project he dropped to to be fair though what you were saying about looking like Mm Omarion a fade in the beard is half of Twitter (laughs) right now so like that's true Everybody it's not hard like to look everybody. that way. So it's not like. But you know you that know. hairstyle where they were like shaving their head and like they had three braids in the middle, like that type of thing. And then they were all wearing plaid for one year. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was that one year they did the BT Awards and everyone wore plaid. That's and the I was West like, yeah, there. exactly. Yeah, I was you got just the like. plaid flannel and then you wear the Cuban link chain under the, <laughs> yes. under the collar. Exactly. He came back on the scene looking like that, and I was just like, I've seen enough of Omarion doing this. So I was like, which I don't Twitter, need it from you too, sir. Which Twitter follower is this? I couldn't figure out. Which. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> which Twitter follower? Damn. Damn, Sammy. Okay, let's let's get off Sammy before we go too far. But another person who dropped was Wale. He came back with a new song. It's called Staying Power, right? Staying Power? Yeah. And I thought it was enjoyable. It's better than some other songs he's released in the past, and... Um, I feel like Wale is one of those artists that just gets in his own way sometimes. You know, he's emotional, which he's very admitted from day one with his poetry <laughs> rap that he's he, he does. But I, I'm glad to see that he's back. I, I hope that his next project lands a bit more. And another unpopular opinion, I've always enjoyed Wale more than Cole. That's just me because I'm a poet at heart. But um, I know Cole is poetic as sometimes, but... I, I, I've always enjoyed Wale. Cole, Cole is for niggas who like to be spoon-fed, I feel like. <laughs> spoon? What do you mean by that? Please elaborate, because people are going to hate you for this. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> and I don't have to need them to hate you. <laughs> I, I can Talk always feel the hate right now, but... <laughs> for me, personally, right? Mm-hmm. My, my style of rap that I enjoy is, like, how you use your words. Like, mm. for example, my, like, my top three right now... And this isn't, like, musically, this is just people I think are the most lyrical mm-hmm. would be Sci High, King oh. Los. Oh, those are two great and eyes. like um, Yes, wow, I'm I'm very impressed right now. I d I don't know who else, but those I like two rap like top. that. Yeah. Cole's never like does anything interesting like wordplay. Mm-hmm. I like Black Thought. I don't know if you're Yeah, Black, Black Thought, Thought yeah, Black Thought like is crazy too. One. Yeah. But like Cole never does anything like he, he tells good stories. 
But the way that he put words together is super basic. I want I him to like. push himself more when it comes to the content because yeah. he he sounds good. Yeah. I feel like he has like a real sonically, nice voice. exactly. People nice fall voice. in love with the sound of his raps, and I feel like it was just like, well, what is he saying? And I also want to touch on that on another artist later with another unpopular opinion. But let's dive into our main show topics so uh, we can have enough time to to dive into those. And the first one is old age versus new age hip hop. Of course, there's always going to be the debate of old versus new when it comes to style, content, respect, everything. Everyone has an opinion on it. I'm one of those people who are very in the middle, very in between and torn when it comes to this debate because I agree when it comes to some arguments saying that, you know, old school or the throwback era did things better, but that's only for certain aspects and you kind of have to appreciate the things that have evolved in hip hop over time. But when saying old versus new, like what's your take and your opinion? So, I feel like right now the main people that have in, that were that influenced what's going on right now mm-hmm. would be Little B, Wayne, and Chief Keith. Right Interesting. now people try to like they try to be super punchline heavy but they're not as good as Wayne but that's why they want to be super punchline heavy mm-hmm. uh, Little B is like he's just funny and he's charismatic you know he's a character in his music the character okay. he was funny to listen to like I, I'm a Little B fan not because he's an amazing rapper mm-hmm. because his his shit made me laugh it's, like it's it entertaining was, it's entertaining yeah. yeah so like a lot of people right now try to have that charismatic swag but they're not funny mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. like um, Uzi, maybe? I don't know. Uzi, Uzi, like... He's, he's charismatic. He's very charismatic, but at the same time, he's very melodical. He pulls mm, a lot from yeah. hard rock and a lot from emo emo sounds and stuff he's like that. He's a rock star, for he's sure. A super, he's like a big Paramore fan, shit like that. He yeah. pulls more from that era. And there's a lot of people who did, do shit like that. Mm-hmm. Me, I come from a musical background. You know, I'm a music, I'm a music minor. I've done, like, percussion for, like... Ooh, 12 years shit like that flex I understand like I understand music <laughs> I've and, been like, doing this shit for a while now I'm y'all's OG fuck your respect <laughs> talk your shit but I can understand shit from a musical's perspective mm-hmm. and I understand that there's more to music than just your lyrics mm-hmm. so it's like people are emphasizing things besides their lyrics mm-hmm. and for a lot of people they don't understand that because Rap, his lyrics have always been the forefront, mm-hmm. but I I feel like your point's invalid. If you if you say something like I don't care about the beat as long as the lyrics are good, or like I don't care about how they sound or their voice as long as the lyrics are good, mm-hmm. you're doing yourself a disservice. Exactly. You don't know what good music sounds like. Mm. Like I don't take an old head seriously. Sounds like Kanye, like, but no, I'm just playing good music. No, <laughs> uh, no, I was just saying as a pun, oh, <laughs> good music. I don't take. I don't take somebody seriously if they call themselves like if they say they love real hip hop but then don't like somebody like Danny Brown mm. or don't like MF Doom. Where is Danny? He, I mean, after dropping probably one of the best rap albums in 2016, was it 2016 with the Atrocity Exhibition? Yeah, yeah, 2016. One of the best, I, he's I believe. He deserves a hiatus. Did you like 30 or was it? Yeah, old? he's like 34. No, no, no. The name of, it was called Old. Old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was old and there was yeah. triple X. Okay, yeah, I really, then, I enjoyed. Yeah, I've enjoyed all of his projects. So I'm yeah. glad you mentioned Danny. He he goes unnoticed as well or forgotten sometimes, yeah. and 
Danny is very talented. But yeah, I, I totally get what you're saying when it comes to that. And what I was kind of speaking on before as for the things I kind of agree with when it comes to the argument of what people are saying as for the throwback era is better just to play devil's advocate because we're kind of on the same side because I agree that today and, you know, artists today are, you know, ever involving and pushing the movement and we shouldn't be as heavy critical on them. And... When it comes to the throwback era, I just feel like people appreciated things more. People grinded a lot harder, but it was a different time and there was less resources. And so it made more sense that people had to work a lot harder. I just wish that that struggle or that hustle mentality kind of carried into the new era. Because all you got to do is just drop the SoundCloud link or, you know, do something goofy on Instagram. And you're, you're, you're there, you're famous, you're trending. But it's like before, it's like you had to have a real team. You had to have a real grind. You have to have a real passion for what you're doing. And I think that is what's lacking. And you can tell sometimes with artists, it's like you, they're, they don't even want to be a rapper. You can tell they're not in it to rap. They're yeah. just trying to get on. They're just trying to be out here. They're trying to secure the bag. Exactly. And so that's that kind of breaks my heart sometimes to witness. And I definitely think like the 90s or just like throwback era is better in that aspect. And so that's what I was kind of speaking towards that just to play devil's advocate. But what would you say would be like what's better now compared to then? Anybody that says like Will Lab doesn't exist anymore, they don't know what they're talking about, honestly. Mm -hmm. uh, there's so many good artists out there like... Well, obviously, you just got Grammy nominated, you know? I know. Like, Tyler got Rhapsody. Grammy nominated. Like, there, if you look at, like, you can say, like, a lot of the mainstream artists aren't as lyrical as they used to be, but mm -hmm. if you look at the top artists right now, like, the people at the top of the game, it's still lyrical people. Exactly. It's still Kendrick, it's still Cole, it's still Drake, you know, mm -hmm. it's still, it's still those people. And exactly. even Chance, Chance is lyrical also. He's, mm -hmm. and he's going to be one of the frontliners for the next generation, I'm sure. Yeah. But, like, I think, if anything, yeah, like you're saying, there's just a lot of people who don't take it seriously who want to rap because they know they can get the bag. Mm -hmm. And I think it's a very thin line between, between the way things work right now because a lot of people, they just know how to make something that sounds good. Mm-hmm. It just, just sounds. To the ears, it just sounds good. Yep. You don't, you don't, analyze it any deeper than that and it's not a bad thing necessarily but like like Brockhampton said rap is a new pop and that's another reason why people don't have to work as hard because back then rap wasn't in the major spotlight like mm -hmm. it was like it is right now you know a lot of the biggest ar artists right now or a lot of the biggest like yeah a lot of the biggest artists right now have to rap in some form or pull influence from that, or do something similar to that, you know? Yep, exactly. We're, we're yeah. at a point where it's like, it's, you don't have to work as hard to get far because so many people have eyes on the game already. Yep, exactly. And like I was saying before, there's so many resources or just avenues to get your, your music out there, or get your face out there, or get your, you know, your name out there that... You know, you don't have to do as much work when you can just do things at the, the flick of your wrist or, you know, the, the movement of your thumb on Twitter or something to get your, your links out. And to kind of play devil's advocate on the other side of things, I would say that people who are heavily criticizing content today saying that, oh, rap back in the day is better than rap now because no one's really saying anything. I think those are people who have just been spoiled by the fact that the radio or mainstream has been good content for so long. 
long. Of course, when you go to, like, say, I'm going to give an analogy or try to compare things. If you go to the mall and it's been the same mall, you love all the stores in the mall, you come back to the mall and they have new stores, but there's still your favorite store in the mall. You know what I mean? There's still a place for you, but there's all these other new stores with clothes you don't like and styles you don't care for, but no one's telling you to go in those stores, shop at those stores. Your favorite store is still there, so what's the issue? And so that's comparing it to the music industry. There's just more avenues and more access to maybe those trash rappers that you don't like or a comparison to those stores that you don't like in the mall but you still have a place for yourself and it's like there's still gonna always be those content heavy or you know conscious rappers that people may like who have content and so I think it's just been people who have been spoiled that mm. if you just turn on the radio it's like oh yes Jay-Z's on yes he's yes. on all day but it's like no Jay-Z's not gonna be on heavy rotation there's gonna be some Uzi mixed in there and some little Pump and there's gonna be some Chance and there's gonna be a mixture of everybody it's not gonna always gonna be for you, mm-hmm. and so that's probably one of the reasons why people feel that way. Any other like things you wanted to to add to that as for old and new and the comparisons or arguments people make? My biggest gripe I I would say with today is like, stop signing niggas off one song. Yes, but they do that so they can eat off that one song and then shelve you. So stop signing the labels if they're looking at you after one song because. They're not really trying to support you. They just want to eat off that song. And if you get another one, all right, cool. They get to make more money. But if mm-hmm. you don't, you're just going on the shelf and you're going to have to sit there for years because you didn't recoup. So how are you going to get out of your deal, you know? Mm. Yeah, that's a sticky situation. I, I I would say it depends on the artist or, you know, what you're doing or what your plan is. You know, and so because some people just want to make the one song and be out. And so I, I don't, I don't diss uh, that or, you know, I don't. Knock that. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, like, but, like, I mean, it's hit or miss. Like, yeah. Bad Baby shouldn't have a record deal. Um, Hi, bitch. Yes, that, uh, <laughs> whoever writes for you does a really good job. But, um, I mean, you, you, you're, you are right, because, like, for the longest time, I didn't think Post Malone should have been signed. But when he yeah. dropped his album, I thought it was really, really well done. But awesome. <laughs> <laughs> keep that comment to myself. I'm just I'm not gonna even say his name. <laughs> uh, I, mean, I don't wanna did, give him any he shine. He's problematic. Career, he did he did. Yeah, he, he did murder. He his did career, it to himself. Before that <laughs> But before he, that he was cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was he was cool before that, I'm not gonna lie, but I mean but he like, did it to too, himself. He was a jambalaya in twenty sixteen. Mm-hmm. And he had he had literally put a like a project out a week before, mm. so I don't know why it was like this. But he came out as a special guest at Jambalaya, did White Iverson, two other songs, and did White Iverson again. Like, <laughs> of course, bro. <laughs> please, he did four songs and two of the songs yeah, in the same two song. Songs, same song. <laughs> I love it. That's hilarious. But hey, sometimes you that's what you got to do. But that's all related to, you know, the renaissance, as we were mentioning or talking about beforehand, of rap today. And so, like, the the transformation and the involvement um, 
of hip hop music in today. And you were saying how you believe, and I definitely want you to expand on it, that today is the renaissance of, of rap or hip hop culture. Like today is the best time to be, you know, living in it and, you know, breathing it. Right. Yes. Like. How so? Like, why do, why do you feel this way? Because some people may think that, no, 94 was the highlight. You know, Tupac was doing his thing. Or, you know, or just like, uh, 02 was the time because uh, whatever. Because, because <laughs> one, rap's at the forefront of everything right now, has mm-hmm. influence in everything right now. Mm-hmm. You can't you can't go, go anywhere or turn on anything without seeing some sort of artist, like rap artist, at least once. Two, you have artists that literally speak to anybody possible. True. Like, no two artists, like, you don't have, there's not an artist that, like, sounds exactly like an art, another artist. You Tory Lanez. Yeah, <laughs> Tory Lanez, he sounds exactly like Drake. But, I mean, like, there's not, like. The exception of Tory Lanez. There's so many different artists that can speak to so many different people. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Like, um, like Brockhampton can speak to a weird like strange well yeah because there's 30 of them so yeah. i mean let's let's do another but example they, but, I mean, they also <laughs> talk about like having emotional issues and True, being yeah. lonely and yeah you know there's people who still talk about drug dealing mm-hmm. um you know rhapsody like rhapsody and tyler the creator are talking about the same stuff they have completely exactly. different audiences yes and so when you look at the the nominations of you know best rap album they're all very different in content and mm. rap style and mm. so you are very right when you say that there is something for everyone and every different type of person and to you know kind of expand on that like today i would say that rap culture or hip-hop culture is just culture period mm-hmm. and there, there's no line anymore we we are the culture we're, mm-hmm. we're driving it we're innovating it we you know we are implementing things in the culture that you know fire off and are funny every day or you know entertaining every day and then someone else kind of takes on to it or puts their teeth into it mm-hmm. and makes money off of it later and so that's how black culture or hip-hop culture has always been but the, a way to kind of tell or to, to prove that to be right is when you're looking at movie trailers. Movie trailers, maybe five, ten years ago, like if it was like a, you know, a happy-go-lucky, you know, white people movie, teenagers or something, in the background would be like all American rejects playing in the trailer or like mm. Paramore. Now it's Rick Ross. Mm. Now it's Chance the Rapper. Like we're in the movie trailers of white people movies. Mm. <laughs> like we're in every trailer, every NBA like commercial and NFL commercials. Like our entertainment, our creativity is promoting white people things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so it's like that's how you can tell that rap today or culture today is the most outstanding because we're everywhere. You can't even turn us off if you wanted to exactly and that's why so many white people are mad but. and that goes back to, <laughs> that goes back to fucking uh black panther because like if you listen yep. to the music in the movie like they was playing beats like in the background of the movie yes. it wasn't just like people were millie rocking like, i wanted to oh my gosh it took all of me not to millie rock <laughs> in the theater crazy. i was like okay get a kendrick in the background okay yeah exactly <laughs> like where else i heard do you see like what other marvel movie has a completely black made rap album as it sounds like oh my gosh it was amazing like every moment of that movie was entertaining and it was all due to black culture 
in what we've created and you know what we've implemented in society i will say when she said what are those i almost left. I like, <laughs> yes he just not, that alone <laughs> i almost got up and left i was like i don't need this okay. oh, that's too funny <laughs> what are those toes out in my lab that was hilarious i thought it was funny <laughs> that's like we... a five-year-old meme i'm like bro <laughs> but should... it's something that we created it made funny and then people people caught on to it yeah. exactly and made those unfunny memes and we all know what skin color did that but to kind of <laughs> keep going on with the rap renaissance like what else do you have to add as for what is making today so much better than before because people will say okay like yeah there's there's something for everyone there may have been something for everyone back then but we just didn't know it because it was out it wasn't um a soundcloud then and yeah. so like what else would you say to that person so i have i have synesthesia it's like I can see sound as colors. Mm. So like Kanye has it, Pharrell has it, which helps them make music. I'm jealous. So like when I listen to music, I, I can see it as color. Like, And a lot of the sounds right now are super vibrant. It's like all over the place. Nothing mm. is like one dimensional. Mm. There's like it's all over everywhere. A, a lot a lot of the times that kind of helps me determine how good an album is if it's like if it's like one color throughout the whole thing it's not that diverse and i'm super and what is it called that. again i'm sorry synesthesia synesthesia yeah. you hit me far left with that i wasn't prepared i, I can't argue that because I, I don't have that so yeah. i don't i can't like, say oh yeah the, the colors are great right now because <laughs> i don't know what that's like and that's so cool that you have that though but it's like it helps me like determine diversity and like mm. like versatility in a project or versatility in just the music and that's cool. like nothing is the same you know yeah. like in the 90s like there's a ton of different artists, diverse artists, who spoke, but they all they really did was speak about different things. Mm-hmm. They may have had a different style of production or like sampled something different. Good point. But it's still, it's just a boom bap beat, and you rap over it. Mm-hmm. There's, it's no deeper, nothing deeper than that, and it's much deeper than that right now. It's oh, more, okay. way more immersive and more expansive than it was back then. Mm, I see what you're saying. So to expand on the different varieties of content, there's also different varieties of sound, production, you know, voice styles and schemes and flows. And, and yeah, because when I first heard Chance the Rapper, I was like, whoa, what's this voice? Mm. Like, you know, something I've never heard before when I heard 10 Day. I was like, I, I wasn't really even feeling it, to be honest, at first. It took me a while to actually even, you know, catch on to it. But just think like that which I'm assuming that was probably like kind of sparked your interest because it's just like a voice that just stands out and is different and that's something that we haven't had before in the culture but um AQ do you have anything to add look at you all just in the background all quiet just sipping your tea sipping tea what do you think about rap today do you think it's better now or then um I can't really compare because rap Rap is, like you said, rap is so diverse now. Um, Apples and oranges. Yeah. Um, I mean, rap is kind of, right now, it's kind of like how rock was. You know, you had alternative rock. You had all these different branches of rock. Mm. Like, I would say hip-hop is the modern-day rock right now. It has so many different branches to it, so many different levels to it, so many different sounds and Trap. artists. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, you can't really combine anything or compare anything to its past effort. And so, with, uh, with hip-hop right now, I mean, I think it's in a phenomenal place. Um, I I don't know if I can say a renaissance, but we're definitely getting there um, with the amount of like diverse artists that are stepping onto the plates mm-hmm. of um, of the game. But um, one thing one thing that 
I always kind of battle with is ageism in hip hop. Mm. So when you say like old versus new, um, I don't know. I, I don't know if that's a factor or not these days. Yeah, the the ageism. I would say that you know I've caught myself being a little ageist a bit because when Jay Z first pops back up saying that he had an album coming, and I was like, look, I'm not trying to hear no 50 year old raps. Uh, I can't relate, you know. But it actually, you know, ended up being a phenomenal that's album phenomenal that was album. nominated for a Grammy, and so you know I've caught myself sometimes because I can't say, oh, I don't want to hear these old raps when it's like. Two Chains is also like in the same age range, but he makes you know a different type of music. So I can't say like, oh, just because you're a certain age, you're gonna make this certain type of music, mm-hmm. or it's you know it's gonna be, have this like old content to it, or just be for a certain crowd. And so I can't Man. put everyone in an age box. Nipsey, he he's just now starting to catch wave, and he's like 32, 33. Yeah, and so it can happen at any time, and people are always reminding us like, well, you know, Jay Z didn't catch on till when he was twenty nine or something, and so. You never know when's your time and your your age to to pop off. Mm-hmm. But anything else y'all want to add to those to those main topics that we have today of old versus new and the renaissance of of hip hop today? I had some, but I lost it that fucking fast. It'll come to you, and when it comes to you, just say it. But uh, <laughs> we'll move on to my favorite uh, part of the show, which would be. Talk yo shit. And so, specifically, I mean, because we've been talking shit, you know, the whole show. And yeah. so it's really, like, not even a, <laughs> a segment. <laughs> but just to kind of amplify it, um, I would like to share some unpopular opinions. One I've already shared before, kind of with the Chris Rock stand-up saying how the, the stand-up wasn't good. And actually, Marlon Wayans' stand-up was actually better. But to kind of expand on that, to be honest, Chris Rock hasn't been funny for a while. <laughs> and I'm going to say that especially especially with his movies. I haven't seen a funny Chris Rock movie in years. Top 5 was highly disappointing. Yeah, top and five I I left the theater mad almost yeah. like cuz I went in with such high expectations there was going to be big names in it. There were so many even underground comedians even promoting it who weren't even like mainstream. Mm-hmm. Like Dorm Tamen, I don't know if you're familiar with them yeah. on YouTube and so I was like even they're promoting top 5 as if they're in it. Mm-hmm. And I watch it and not one scene was fun. I did not laugh out loud. Not one scene. And then he had that one movie where it was like, I think I love my wife or something. Oh, yeah. That was horrible. Like, it's just... I think the last funny Chris Rock movie, and I might be wrong because I don't have a list of Chris Rock movies in front of me, but I love Down to Earth. And that's just a classic movie. And that's the last movie I can really think of in my head. That and like Pootie Tang or... <laughs> or no, um, Head of State. Head of State was funny. That's Chris Rock, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah. What, what do you think about that? I mean, if you look at if you look at it though, when was the last super funny Eddie Murphy movie? I have the same opinion about him, and so. I mean, <laughs> Norman, Norman. No, well, yeah, Norman, Norman, but I mean, like no. Norman still was like oh six. Yeah. No, the Tower Heist. I mean, that wasn't a comedy, but I did like that movie. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't see that. No. I no, but it wasn't a. I feel like it wasn't really like a comedy though. You got like, Shrek out there, man. Oh yeah, Shrek. Oh too, Shrek, yeah, like, Shrek. That's like, where the money's at. The animation. Yeah, but like <laughs> that's how Wanda Sykes is still getting paychecks. <laughs> my favorite, like, so I loved like Raw and Delirious from Eddie, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's okay, like you like leather. Yeah, you like leather, Eddie. Okay, tight pants. <laughs> yeah, but pause and like yeah, super pause. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> I'm joking. I hate pause. No, 
dead pause. You're a grown man. You shouldn't have to pause for anyone, okay? That's true. Okay. That's true. But, <laughs> like, probably one of my favorite Chris Rock scenes, I think, was, like, his first movie, I think, was, was, uh, was I'm Gonna Get You Sucker his first movie? I don't know. I mean, Chris Rock has been around for, like... Ever, <laughs> yeah. but like it's one of his. I think it's one of his first scenes yeah, ever because yeah, yeah. he just goes. Has to be, yeah. Have you seen it? When yeah. He goes into the the barbecue place. How mm-hmm. much for a thing of rib? And he's like, "Let me get one rib." That's the funniest <laughs> shit ever. But like, I think it just comes with the territory. You can only write so much good content for an a lot a lot of time. True. Part of the reason Chappelle is back now is because he took such a long hiatus, so it seems kind of fresh. Chris Rock has been gone for ten years. This is his first stand up in ten years. And so but he did I a was lot of like movies and stuff too though. True, true, true. And so maybe his content was going to that, but even the content there wasn't funny and it's like ugh. Dave just kinda disappeared. Yeah, know? that's Dave true. Dave was gone. And then he was true, back. True. And he was still super funny. True. So I, I respect that. And so that's my, you know, talking shit on a you know, unpopular opinion, just saying that Chris Rock hasn't been funny for a minute now. And, you know, even though he's a legend, legends can can lose it sometimes, you know, as for you know, their, their spunk or their pizzazz as in their talent. And another thing I would like to say is, okay, Logic's back. Logic, he dropped 44 more. And people are like, yay, he's back to rap. Because, you know, he did the 1-800 song. <laughs> no one really knows the number. And but that song. <laughs> exactly. Still nobody knows the number. But it's been on the charts for like a year now. But, um, <laughs> so Logic's back, right? Mm. And he's rapping, he's rapping fast, he, he's he's sounding like he used to. And so, like, keyword is just sounding. I, I ran the track back, 44 more, and he's saying nothing. Logic hasn't been really saying anything for quite some time besides that 1-800 number. And, you know, unpopular opinion is that I feel like Logic is going to go downhill moving forward. People are saying that he's on his way up because of this single, but... I don't see it. Like I feel like he has run out of good content, like you were saying about Chris Rock, because he, as for in content, has been going downhill since the double XL list that he did. I feel like all his good stuff was before that. I don't know how y'all feel about that. Uh, Under Pressure is personal, personally for me, like a top ten all time album. Mm. But after that, it's been straight trash. Yeah. Everybody was probably the worst, one of the worst things I've ever heard in my what life. What was that? I was so highly disappointed. I mixed. I mixed. <laughs> the whole for, damn. For 45 minutes. I mixed. Damn. I am mixed. I am black, but also white. I, I am, am white, very, but also How do you black. have a J. Cole feature where J. Cole's like, hey, bro, stop talking about being mixed. Right. You put it on your album. Seriously. Bro, we get oh. it. You're mixed. We, so we know. Even though it's only like a quarter, but I'll I'll let you have it, I guess. <laughs> Any unpopular opinions that you all would like to discuss as for things that people may not necessarily agree with or just be outlandish as for, you know, your opinion on things? Uh, I'm going to need you to chime in with this because I'm about to say some dumb shit. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Tupac is overrated. In, in what regard, sir? Because I've said similar comments, but I'm going to be specific. I would say that I feel Tupac personally was a better actor than rapper because I felt like he really displayed his passion as for like the battles that were going on internally with him. Mm. When he did Juice, 
he was crazy, and yeah. I feel like he wasn't really playing a role. Yeah. It was just like it was him really displaying the the product of his environment and where he came from, and in in a better way than any song of his could ever display. Like that scene of him being like, "I don't give a fuck." Yeah. It was like, "Oh my gosh, Tupac! Like, what's what's going on? Who hurt you?" And so that's my take on that. But what do you mean by when you say that? He was much more. He's important because of his activism. And mm-hmm. because of who he was as a person and how he carried himself, mm-hmm. he's an extremely subpar lyricist by mm-hmm. my definition. Well, again, Tupac wasn't even selling records when he was alive like that. Yeah, he yeah. had to die to really like pop off, pop off. Yeah. But and now he's a legend because he died. Biggie, I think, is a legend because his music carried like his his music is actually carried and was actually super impactful and like I agree. he was a good lyricist. He had a good flow. He bought. He actually added a lot to rap. I think. Um, Pac, he was a very vivid, like, poet. Like, he, he was very descriptive with his words, and he could place you there, but of my standard of lyricism, like, I'm, like, double and triple entendres and punchlines and stuff like that. Mm, that okay. was nowhere to be found. He was not, he wasn't a very skilled technical rapper. I guess it's on the type of listener you are of the music as well. Because, yeah. like we were saying before, we, we... We critique everything or we look at all aspects of the song or the music being made as for some people might just be looking straight for the content. Mm. And I think that's what a lot of people were doing back then mm. because rap was a product of, you know, the struggle that they were going through. Mm. And so they just wanted to hear what you were saying, mm. not versus like what the, the beat was sounding like or if it sounded different from or what punchline yeah. was was dropping on every line, like things like that. So it depends on the type of listener um, of, of hip hop that you are. And it's kind of like that goes back to what we were saying earlier, but it's like right now it's more about how you say something versus what you say. Mm-hmm. Like, exactly. Like, um, what was that lyric from? It's some random SoundCloud song that I heard that I thought was just like dope. It's like a nigga gets stitched like Lilo, and I was like, "What the fuck? That's 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 funny. Like, that's entertaining." So you, um, yeah, you really love puns. I yeah, I like, I like puns a lot. Like he was like, take a nigga shit like Debo, like references and puns and like mm-hmm. things like that are what's interesting. But like also like King King Lopes is just how he puts his words together and how he like rhyme um, the middle of a word with the end of another word mm-hmm. plus another like shit like that. Yeah, Pac was never never like that. So for me, it was like eh. Yeah. Um. But so yeah. I get what you're, I, yeah, I get what you're saying. And then the last thing for as for talking shit that I would like you to kind of expand on, and not to put you on the spot or be like, "Look, I got the receipts." But I saw you tweet something, and it really, you know, piqued my interest, and I screenshot it because that's me. And it says maybe if you would stop posting this clown and stayed off his dick, you'd go away. And all the weak shit you do makes it hard for niggas like me actually trying to be taken seriously in the rap media. And so you were referring to. DJ Academics always posting Takashi 69 and so you're saying that you know he's part of the problem always posting artists like like him or him just in general of 69 and how he's kind of just making things harder for people like us in the industry trying to be taken seriously as real things we're trying to cover in content and here we are having to always cover this rainbow looking nigga who is like having these sexual assault charges mm-hmm. and so expand on what you're kind of you know, speaking about for the tweet. I think academics platform now has gone to his head. Um, mm. the, you have to think about too, even before Takashi, 
Where did you hear about Boom Gang anywhere else besides DJ Academic? I never even... I didn't even know what he was talking about at first. I was like, "What? why do you keep saying this B word? Like, what is this? Like, who <laughs> like, is that? Like, <laughs> I was so confused. You goddamn thing from Boom Gang unless it came from a DJ Academic yeah, page. Yeah, like he was like paid. To and it's say. like, he he's... He starts from like meeting these people and becoming like friends or whatever with I them. Know. And like you know it's gotten to the point where like I watched some live stream he did and Takashi was on there. He was like he was talking about his beef with Trippy Red mm-hmm. and like he was like, Hey bro, I'm about to post this video, post this on your page tomorrow. He said it in the live stream and lo and behold the next day when he posts the video, it ends up on DJ Academic's of page. Of course. And it's like that's his homie, yeah. Yeah, like I feel like Takashi would have gone away if DJ Academics wouldn't just keep yep. throwing it in because he has a platform now and he has so many people watching him that when he posts something, there's a lot of eyes on it. So he's always posting Takashi's music, all the antics he does, shit like that. Of course, eyes gonna stay on him longer than they should be. Yes, and it's so sad to that. I have to agree with you because. At first, I was I was in his corner when Everyday Struggle like first started. I like DJ Academics. I like compared how I used to do YouTube shows, kind of like him, because I was like, okay, like we started off in the same type of realm of like you know on college campus doing our thing on radio, and then slowly going onto YouTube and like expanding that way. And I was like, damn, like if I still did YouTube, I might have been on an Everyday Struggle type of platform. And I was just kind of following him because he was following the path that I saw for myself. And then now I'm seeing this path take a crazy turn and I'm like look nigga I was with you on the path at first but I'm gonna have to take this other route because like you were saying he's become the gatekeeper for a lot of bullshit mm-hmm. that would have probably faded away by now mm-hmm. because that's the industry that we're in where it's like flash um flash art or just like flash popularity where it's like it's popular one day and then it goes away like the flash is gone and so 6 9 definitely would have been a flash in, in hip-hop if it wasn't for DJ Academics. I don't know what his end game is for, you know, a career, but I, I feel like he's getting in his own way, probably with, you know, the popularity, like you are saying, is going to his head. And, of course, you're you're young and you want to run with the, the young niggas out there, but a lot of young niggas are crazy niggas, unfortunately, in the area that he's in. And so he really needs to just... I don't and know. Go back like, to the drawing board of the content that he needs to cover. Back in the day, he still he had like some like some stupid shit he was doing. Some like, like his <laughs> like Vic, Vic Mensa not liking him was completely justified. Yeah. No. Opinion. Yeah. Definitely. It's definitely. like, bro, you live in New Jersey. I was totally on gra- the side. Yeah. You graduated from Rutgers University. Mm-hmm. Why do you have a YouTube dedicated to violence in Chicago? Yeah. Exactly. When you've never lived in Chicago. I'm know, pretty sure you've never even been to Chicago. <laughs> Why do you have an entire YouTube dedicated to the shit going on down there? Damn. Um, That's when he lost his way, I feel like. Yeah. When he started highlighting other people's deaths for for views. And it, it can all really get to your head. And that kind of like steered me away from YouTube, to kind of be honest. When I did a video <laughs> that was about Chief Keef. Mm. And I was like kind of heavily criticizing him and being out of in and out of jail. And, you know, a lot of the comments I was getting, they were just like, oh, like, you don't know what he's going through and blah, blah, blah. And it was like, you know what? In reality, I don't because I've never been in the system. Mm. And I don't know how that works. And so 
to a certain extent or degree, you can only say so much. Mm-hmm. And when you start speaking on things you don't know, there's consequences. And a lot of people are warning DJ academics that, you know, if he keeps doing what he's doing as for supporting these certain artists and these certain ways of a lifestyle that he might get hurt or just his career might just really suffer. But I, I saw that tweet and I was like, "Ooh, he's like, going in." They used to like <laughs> when I when I first started uh, when I first started pushing really heavy in the scene in this area. Mm-hmm. They used to say I was similar to like I was kind of like the act, DJ Academics in Central Texas. Now and for a while it's like that's cool, but now it's like nah, son, <laughs> don't, don't ever don't, call don't, me that. Don't, don't put me in that box because it's like. I don't want to be associated with the dumb shit you do. I'm not exactly. I'm not just gonna post somebody on my on my social media mm-hmm. because they paid me to, or because like they're like, "Hey, bro, post this real quick." I'm like, I don't even like your music, so why would I post it myself? Or like, <laughs> why would I like super trash? Why would I give you clout <laughs> just because like I, I you no, know free, no free just, clout. Yeah, yeah, no free clout, no. and it's like. I, I want to be taken seriously in this game, and a lot like a lot of the heavy hitters kind of just take him as a joke. Yep, exactly, and that's how I was you know introduced to him as well. Like someone was like, "Hey, check out this DJ Academics. He kind of reminds me of you and how he used to do YouTube videos and like how he's like trying to do his thing." I looked into it. I liked it, but now I'm like, "Don't ever try yeah. and compare me to him because yeah, it's exactly. like I would not be moving like that." Exactly. But it's sad because. You know, it started off all good, but now you know people are people are watching and shifting, and so I for I totally forgot everyday struggle was even a thing. The other day, I, I was like, "Oh no shit, more. I haven't watched an episode." And yeah, no <laughs> exactly because stars. How do you have? How do you how do you have the dude talking about? Oh, I'd like to jerk off on Nadeska's leg sitting <laughs> right next to her every day. That's how do you sad. have that? That's like, sad. That's like, real sad. Honestly, once that happened, I think I stopped watching that episode where he was like, "Oh, I'm so sorry that that came out and all." Mm-hmm. That. I was like, "Yeah, I'm mm-hmm. kind of done because like <laughs> this is not gonna work out." I feel out. like the only reason the academics keeps it going now is because that puts him at the front. Mm-hmm. People exactly. only cared about Joe when, exactly. was, when Joe. Now was he's there. the Joe now, as for yeah. star quality yeah, of the now. show. When it's yeah. like people know him because he's from the first season. But content wise, it's really falling off. And I think the only person suffering is Nadeska because yeah. she actually she's, really, though, she's, really just, <laughs> she's suffering. She's sit there and deal with it. And I'm like, <laughs> she bro, needs to know her worth. I'm so sorry. Insert her own shit because it's just not going well for her. Yeah. But that's all I really wanted to mention in the main topics and the Tokyo shit. Anything else I'm forgetting or you would like to add? Man, this might be an unpopular opinion, but that Tupac and Biggie show, that might need to get up out no, that's, Tupac and why Biggie you, show. Like, why do you have a... What network is that on? A&E. USA. So. USA? Um, USA? But like, how are you going to have a show about the murders of Tupac and Biggie when they haven't even been solved in real life? <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying, like, why is there so many of them? Yeah. Like, we're in 2018. How many times do we have to hear the same, like, uh, clues and facts being played out and we still don't have a definite answer at the end of the show? Like, I'm not going to watch that if I'm never going to get a new ending. (laughs) (laughs) They said that uh, Tupac looked like uh, Anthony Hamilton. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> that was hilarious. I was like, Anthony Hamilton, oh my god. He damn it sounds like I'm sitting on the show. Oh no. Yeah, I didn't even attempt. I just saw the little cover art for it and I was like, nope, skip. Yeah. I already know Tupac and Biggie. Yeah. Like, you don't have to tell as long, if you're not gonna tell me who did it, 
like blatantly at the end of the show, then I don't want to hear. Yeah, like what's the point? Keep that on the playground, as Monique would say. (laughs) What is the point? (laughs) Exactly. But just to recap, of course, we believe that you know, rap renaissance is is happening today. Um, You don't have to get caught up in the old versus new. You know, everything is you know always evolving, and you shouldn't be so heavily critical of the new music because there's something for everyone. And then, of course, as for um, the quality of music as well. And so we should give things a chance because things are, you know, things are being made differently. And just because something sounds different doesn't mean that it's horrible as well. And so I think that's where a lot of that arguments come from. But um, just things to look forward to. Of course, we have the Tea with Tammy content uh, schedule of Mondays. We have Tea with Tammy sound playlists every Monday. Tuesday, we'll do must listens. That's where I will suggest a project for the listeners to listen to Wednesdays we do Wake Up Wednesday where we'll highlight a underground or not so well-known artist. Thursdays is the podcast show. Season 3 is officially here, obviously. We premiered today and each Thursday is a new episode. And then Fridays I will be reviewing songs, either um, projects, shows, or movies. And so that is the content schedule as of now. Follow Tea with Tammy on Twitter tumblr facebook youtube soundcloud stitcher radio and itunes and where can we find you gentlemen young quantum uh i'm on twitter at young quantum y-u-n-g quantum uh instagram quantum tx um nice nice i don't want to add y'all on facebook Don't add me on Snapchat. Some of y'all are getting smart and finding me, so yes. let's stop that. <laughs> let's stop Snap- stalking people. <laughs> yeah, Snapchat is Young Quantum. Also, I I don't post, so you don't need to follow me. But <laughs> okay, and then AQ, of course, the usuals, right? What where where can yeah, we find you? Yeah, man, you know you can find me on Instagram at SAQ, Twitter at SAQ. You can maybe find me in your favorite sex shop. Um, <laughs> oh Lord Jesus! Favorite porn store. Okay, no, I'm in there too. All and if right. you're really feeling frisky, you can go to my website. That's saq.com. Frisky. If you're feeling frisky, go to the dot .com. Okay, so we've really covered a lot of topics, a lot of content. i like to thank you two for joining me. AQ, you've really become like... You know, like the friend of the show. You're like... I love, I love <laughs> having Tammy. You know, I mean, you might not remember this, but back on the 106 and Park days when it was like AJ and Free, and like early like Terrence and Roxy, when Bow Wow would be a guest like so often, like every oh, Friday, and wow. they would call him Mr. 106. <laughs> I would call you like Mr. T. with Tammy. Mr. T. Tammy. That is funny. I'll be big Tigger, man. That's too funny. But yes, that's all I have to mention today. And of course, stick around for more content, like I mentioned before. And in the meantime, sip some damn tea. Snaps. (laughs) See? Not too bad, right? Yeah, it's cool.